And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value! We'll get together, have a few laughs. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him. Uh, foot, foot, I was going to put him. Uh, foot, foot, I was going to put him. Uh, foot, foot. That's it for the. I agree, Joe. It's messed up, and we don't understand what's going on. That's basically what he just said there. In one word, <laughs> summed it up in one word. We appreciate it. What uh, What is he even doing as president of the United States? I don't know, but he was uh, outside. Looked like on the lawn, the White House lawn. Maybe he was just getting too much sun. Like Hillary had that one day. Remember when she was running for president? Oh, and she just like stroked out outside <laughs> of the minivan? Yeah. And then some, somebody, that, she came out and waved at everybody like she was Queen Elizabeth. Everybody forgot about that. I did. She, and they just like carried her dead body in, <laughs> into yeah, the van. in the van. They just like <laughs> stuck her in there. And it's yeah. like, oh. Oh, nothing to see here. Uh, it was canceled. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> yeah, well, we got old Biden in there. I wonder how pissed off Hillary Clinton is that Joe Biden is president. She might be pretty upset about that. <laughs> you know, we played that one clip on that show where W slipped up. Oh, yeah. The uh, holy unjustified invasion of Iraq. <laughs> okay. I mean, Ukraine. Yeah. Oops. And then. I don't think we played it on the show, but later on, further on in that clip, he said, sorry, I'm 75. Joe's like 78 or 79. Yeah. Can you you fact check that for me, E-Rock, please? We got E-Rock today. We got E-Rock today. Welcome to the Iowa Talk Guys podcast, by the way. TP, across from me, I'm Theo. And we're sitting with E-Rock as our right man, right hand and left hand man. The turd nerd that forgot his mic and headphones. These things happen. These things happen. Can't blame him. He was busy memeing. I already said memeing ain't easy. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. So going back to the age group, I just find it very interesting. A lot of people aren't talking about is that that age group there, the uh, 70 to 80 something and beyond the Jerry's normally the Jerry's <laughs> are normally <laughs> um, deemed unemployable for full-time positions due to their age right I mean the insurance costs of their and they're also most likely gonna you can't work full-time position and 
have three doctor's appointments a day, right? They're not very helpful most places. Unfortunately. That's why they give out stickers. And, and no offense <laughs> to anyone, but I'm just saying, I think... How dare you? I think that's a problem that the majority of the people that are in charge of making the laws of our country are in that age group. And I just think that's odd. I think it's safe to say that the generations before us have lived the most exuberant and lavish lives uh, yes that, absolutely that people most have peaceful, really. ever lived in the history of our species that we know about that we know about yeah and know. we're gonna pay for it we're gonna experience some bad times we're gonna experience some bad times that for some reason establishment type folks don't ever report on they don't ever talk about but you have to you got to get away from that and find it yourself you know why would you dude why why would you talk about that stuff when roe versus wade just got repealed yeah that's awful convenient right and now people aren't talking about ukraine very much no which is also weird because just you know, the move. Azov Battalion got surrendered finally, and a while a little while ago in the Dome Ball, yeah. Russia's playing the uh, the long game. Yeah, they're just kind of like, kind of like got their got their hands around the throat, and right, and squeezing. You know, part of playing the long game. We'd spoke earlier about the golden. Uh, Russia back or pegging the ruble, Putin pegging the ruble to the gold. Yeah, to, to gold, I should say. It's not like the fifty gold. rubles, to the gold. fifty rubles to a gram of gold or something. The internet's yeah, something like that. So, if we remember correctly, the Russian sanctions started uh, around March 2022. Then, April of 2022 is when Russia pegs a ruble to gold. And when you go to the currency exchange websites, and if you look at a graph, the the ruble compared to the U.S. dollar, the exchange rate for the ruble and the U.S. dollar back in March of 2022 was 0.00769, okay, on its lowest point. Now, you have fast forward to the end of June 2022 and it's now an exchange rate of 0. 0.0188 significant gains significant it hasn't been that high in over 5 years boy if i was a developing nation uh, and i had a good relationship with russia i would uh, be hoping that i got sanctioned <laughs> At this point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, hey, it's starting to work out for for a few folks. I mean, India, Business Standard, just ran an article. Uh, India, the Russian imports in India are up 3.5 times on the oil despite Western pressure. Okay. Now, India is now the fourth largest petroleum supplier. Or I, I, I sorry. I am sorry. Russia is now the fourth largest petroleum supplier for India with exports worth $1.3 billion in April. This doesn't please America and Western Europe. So they keep 
banging on India to pick sides, which India has sternly said that they do not intend to leave their neutral position on the deal. They've said that they can't. Russia, they depend on Russia for their own sovereignty. Um, it, I found in that article that you sent, a the external affairs minister, S. Jayshankar, said in April during a press conference for the India-U.S. 2 plus 2 ministerial dialogue, he said, quote, If you're looking at energy purchases from Russia, I'd suggest that your attention should be focused on Europe. We do buy some energy, which is necessary for our energy security. But I suspect, looking at figures, our total purchases for the month would be less than what Europe does in an afternoon, end quote. So no, I th- external affairs minister. Yeah, yeah. Jay. Jishak. Jishakar. Sorry, we're ignorant. So, yeah, I think that American and Western Europe, European, you know, NATO hubris is creating alliances and very strong ones elsewhere in the world. Absolutely. You look well, at, yeah, China's One Belt, One Road initiative. Mm-hmm. What you need to know about China's Belt and Road Initiative in three minutes. China's Belt and Road Initiative is a foreign policy and economic strategy of China where the two ends of Eurasia, as well as Africa and Oceania, are economically linked to China, along with the Silk Road Economic Belt and Maritime Silk Road. It emphasizes five key areas of cooperation, coordinating development policies, forging infrastructure and facilities networks, strengthening investment and trade relations, enhancing financial cooperation, deepening social and cultural exchanges. China's Belt and Road Initiative completion is planned to coincide with the 100th anniversary of the People's Republic of China in 2049. About 50 Chinese state-owned companies have invested in nearly 1,700 Belt and Road Initiative projects since 2013. China's Belt and Road Initiative currently consists of six economic corridors. China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, CPEC. Bangladesh-China-India-Myanmar Economic Corridor, BCIM. The New Eurasia Land Bridge Economic Corridor, NELB. The China-Mongolia-Russia Economic Corridor, CMREC. China-Central Asia-West Asia Economic Corridor, CCWAEC. China-Indochina Peninsula Economic Corridor, CICPEC, and two financial institution initiatives, Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, AIIB, Silk Road Fund. Why would China's Belt and Road Initiative drive China to greatness? It places China in the economic-political orbit of many Asian and European powers. This provides China with a political hold over land and possibly the maritime routes. It acts as a link between economic and political partnerships in the region, and since China is now the number one trading partner in the region, the trading partners of China have to be more sensitive towards its political interests. China can establish soft power by establishing the Belt and Road Initiative through building infrastructure and harnessing connections in untapped markets in the partnering countries. 
It is based on China's historical narrative of the Golden Age, which consisted of the ancient Silk Road and maritime routes. If China's Belt and Road Initiative succeeds, it would drive China's return to greatness. Trade will expand by $2.5 trillion and connect the world's three largest labor forces, China, India, and ASEAN. This is what you need to know about China's Belt and Road Initiative. I want to say Chinese companies are running a lot of ports in Africa. Obviously, you know, Chinese companies are, I believe, have, believe that we've talked about earlier, they've uh, been financed by Diane Feinstein's husband. No. Uh, you know, selling bugged laptops to the Marine Corps. No. Uh, they build ships for Senate Majority or Minority Leader or whatever. Hey, Mitch that guy's McConnell. a great guy, man. He's a great investor, just like Nancy Pelosi and all those other folks that knew went, went, what stocks to buy, what stocks to get out of right when the lockdowns were happening, right before they happened, right after they happened. Yeah, I think that we're just in such a decadent place in, in history that... Uh, it's a very strange time that yeah. we're living in in history. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like all the largesse is coming to an end, and our government's kind of pillaged. It only took like eighty years, really. The age of abundance is coming. Hundred years. Range. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about Russia making deals with their neighbors, their allies, their friends. So we got to remember one thing before getting into this more is that we said it before. They're playing the long game. They're patient. These are these are civilizations, countries that have been around, people with strong roots that have been around a lot longer than the United States has even been a country. So yeah. that's just because we do have, you know, a pretty awesome military and a pretty amazing way of life of living out here. Let's not be naive and think that we're special on the world stage. Cuz we're I mean, we're special in a bad way, right? Well, the Military hasn't been used in the most flattering ways for the better part of those, you know, 80 years. Right. But going to what we were saying about Russia making friends. So St. Petersburg, this is a Lou Rockwell. This is that article you sent that St. Petersburg sets the stage for the war of economic corridors. They're talking about the coming of the new G8 for BRICS nations with BRICS. Brazil, Russia, India, China. Plus Iran. BRICS is also, yeah, South Africa. Yeah, yep, BRICS, yep, South Africa. Plus Iran, Indonesia, Turkey, and Mexico, whose GDP per purchasing parity power already dwarfs the old Western-dominated G8. Very nice. Which means... Well, it means that they are larger economically. They are developing. They're no. sort of on their way up no. as opposed to down. America, dude, we're the best. America is certainly on its way down. America number one, bricks plus number ten. You know, America, yeah. <laughs> it's like America in the South China Sea. I mean, you know, how long can we continue to project... On China's border, essentially, like that. Really? How long are they going to put up with it? Yeah, that's the question. So we, I've said before that 
China kind of ha- shares a symbiotic relationship with the U.S. as far as we're getting cheap goods for them. We've outsourced a lot of our industry to China, Chinese companies, or at least Chinese workers, right? Chinese land. It, it'd be kind of naive of us to think that they would not be able to establish that same symbiotic relationship with Russia, India, you know, other BRICS countries. And not to mention, you know, like what happened with COVID when that first happened and there was a lockdowns and the Trump administration had our industry start to change, you know, companies started making ventilators and masks and stuff like that or whatever. They revamped the industry to to change for the times and stuff. Right. So, you know, you never know those little countries that are those companies that are making, you know, plastic bubble holders or probably could start making canteens for the Russian military. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they shouldn't have a problem manufacturing. No, they could get those molds quick uh, quick change. Yeah, at a good price. Yep. All this is, is plastic mold injecting. So I'm just saying that's a very real possibility. Plus, they have a currency that would probably be uh, pretty popular to export right now. It's going to be getting much more better. Hot in here. And that's... E-Rock's favorite song. So hot in here. Oh, I thought it was... It's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. That's what I thought you were going for. He's shaking his head, looking at Theo like he's some type of maroon. Anywho. So, the U.S. dollar ain't doing too hot. I think it's losing its cool... As uh, or its uh, stature is, yeah, it's losing its cool. You'd mention people aren't finding it cool, so they're you, uh, you know it's losing its stature as the reserve currency. You mentioned something earlier about Peter Schiff talking about the bubble, right? And Peter Schiff he profited off of bubble crashes. Well, yeah, I mean he Peter Schiff has said that he doesn't. I think in some, one of his books or something I I read where he doesn't make money on bubbles. He just makes money when they crash because he knows. Yeah, when they he know he can see him getting inflated, and he knows how to make money off of them being crashed. When he says the bubble that we're in right now is bigger than the bubble, the housing market bubble of two thousand eight, and the dot com bubble, the nineties, well, late nineties. It's an awful big one, and I think it is too. It definitely is. I mean, the Saudis. Maybe we've talked about this before. I think we have. The Saudis are talking about selling, you know, oil, oil, and, oil and yuan. Mm-hmm. We have spoke about that, which is not good. Iranians. Some of the prob- last countries. That Iranians tra- are probably already selling oil and rubles and whatnot. Oh, most likely. Duh. Yeah. Or we should look into that. Something, you know. How. Well, yeah. You know, remember the last couple of countries that tried to change the selling of their oil from the U.S. dollar to a different currency. What happened to them? Saddam. 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 He got wiped out like Saddam and Gomorrah. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> The policy of this administration is regime change. Didn't you think that was funny, Iraq? And then the other one was Gaddafi. That was during Obama's era. Yeah. Yeah, he tried to make him, what was it, the, the, the denari or something. It was a gold-based currency of some of the OPEC countries in uh, North Africa. I am not aware of this. I should read up on it. Yeah. Well, that was his demise. That's why rebels were armed and U.S. drone strikes were used. And then... Isn't the U.S. ambassador was murdered? Yeah, 
YouTube video. Isn't that when a lot more people started like rafting their way across the Mediterranean or attempting to raft their way across the Mediterranean to Europe? Oh, the refugee crisis? <laughs> oh. When are we not having one of those where people are doing crazy stuff to try to get out of the countries that yeah. the U.S. seems to be, the CIA already seems to be involved? Hmm. Weird. Well, Just, the CIA says they're not involved in Ukraine, so... That's well, re- that's reassuring. Yeah, just like they said they were not involved in, in Cambodia and Laos until what the 90s that finally came out that it was 30 years later that they were actually involved in Cambodia and Laos operating to try to infiltrate positions within within North Vietnam and stuff, you know. Nicaragua. Yeah, there was a uh Iran. <laughs> there's stuff. Okay. All over North. Stuff. Anywho, well, we got anything else we want to talk about tonight, gents? Call it a short. Say it. Call it a short. Call it a short.